Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but we know that he doesn't know everything. And uh, it's not a lot that you don't know. That's true. Just a little bit. But it's good not to know everything, because then what problems would you solve in your own mind? Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I can't tell if this is a compliment or if it's a, you know, it's very confusing. Yeah. What do you call those, uh, like, backhanded compliments? What's There's, like, a technical term for those? A Nate compliment. Oh, okay. What it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in case you guys didn't know, money can't buy everything, um, but it can buy you a boat. I heard that. It was, yeah, that's a famous, famous quote from a long time ago. um, Mark Twain, I think. Something like that. Wrote about that once. And uh, I just wanted everybody to know that. Well, this has been it's, a great intro so far. I just want everyone If it's anyone's to first time listening, they need to make sure that they hit the subscribe or follow button because the here at WGML, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week whenever we want to. And so you want to make sure you hit that subscribe button because everyone's doing it. Your friends are doing it. People that you don't like are doing it. And you don't want to be part of the horror percent. So make sure that you join the other 96% of people who listen to the show and smash that subscribe button. A special day started yesterday, Charlie, and you told me about this article, and we were like, yeah, how about that? That, yeah. is, that is cool. Now, this is not an advertisement for a bunch of businesses. This is an advertisement no, for, we're cap- here to discuss, for capitalism. We're here to discuss monopolies and how dangerous they are to our, to our <laughs> very, system. Very dangerous monopolies. From Fox Business uh, yesterday, Amazon's Prime Day. Amazon started there, this evil, evil, greedy, monopolist company, Mm -hmm. Amazon. They had a Prime Day that started yesterday. However, the title of this article is Amazon's Prime Day prompts Walmart, Target, Best Buy, deals galore. Now, now one, each one of those that you just named, they're monopolies in their own sectors, right? All monopolies. And they also are just out to, to screw you over, right? But this is one of the really cool things about competition that we need to, that we need to pinpoint right here. Mm. Why would they do this? Why would this possibly prompt a bunch of businesses to lower their prices? All right. Re- <clears throat> retail wars are waging as Amazon's Prime Day prompts rival retailers to spend their own version of discount deals. Major heavy hitters. Major monopolies, all, all <laughs> monopolies in the retail space. Competing with one another. In the space from Walmart and Target to Kohl's and Best Buy are now offering competing sales. Nice. I, just, who would have thought? Walmart's Deals for Days online and in-store event will not only kick off on June 20th, which is a day before, um, but it will overlap with Prime Day. The event spanning June 20th to 23rd, so that's one more day that you get. Uh, gives customers four days of Black Friday-like savings on top items from Walmart and its marketplace sellers within a variety of categories, according to a Walmart spokesperson. Likewise, Target is also dropping its Deal Days, Deals Days online event on June 20th. So not only are they competing with Amazon directly on their Prime Day, they're going to do it before and after. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. Probably capture more of the market there. The retailer, which says the event is its biggest sale of the summer, will span through June 22nd. The three-day event is offering thousands of online deals across various categories with new deals added each day. Over at Kohl's, it's holding a wow deals. It's not prime. 
it's just wow deals event online from june 21st to june 22nd the exact same time and days as prime day best buy is also taking on amazon with its own savings event dubbed the bigger deal Everyone's like, wait, Best Buy is still in business? Then we're going to have the biggest, blackest deal coming up. The biggest. If you've ever played Cards Against Humanity, you would get that. Bed Bath & Beyond, which no one has time to go to, also (laughs) joined in the battle with its Beyond Big Savings event. Bigger than big. From June 20th to 22nd, the retailer touted that it will be offering additional perks, such as free same-day delivery for orders costing at least $39, and rewards that will provide customers up to $100 for future purchases. Earlier this month, Amazon announced Prime Day will be held on June 21 and June 22, offering more than 2 million global deals for Prime members during the 48-hour span. According to Amazon, the two-day event is the biggest shopping event in its history and even surpassed Black Friday and Cyber Monday combined in 2019. Look at that. The event drums up so much business for the e-commerce behemoth, garnering more than $3.5 billion in sales for third-party sellers alone in 2020. It's no wonder its rivals won a cut of the action, which is impossible for the dude since Amazon's a monopoly. <laughs> so there's the... There's, I just found this article hilarious. There's the monopoly aspect, which is all of these businesses competing with one another and each one of them. I mean, mainly you have... You have Amazon and Walmart both obviously competing against one another, but of course, both of them are monopolies in their own sectors, for sure. And then there's also just the beautiful capitalism part of this, which is that Amazon wanted to drum up a bunch of business by lowering prices on things and getting people to buy things right here, smack dab in the middle of the year. And now you see all these other businesses coming in and lowering their prices and doing deals days at the same time as Amazon, trying to cut in on some of their market share when all these people are going shopping, which is beautiful. That's what competition does. That's why you want more than... That's why you wouldn't want a monopoly, because when someone actually has a monopoly, then they don't ever have to compete with anyone, and they don't ever have to lower their prices because they have a monopoly. Okay? I remember when I was a manager at McDonald's in high school. Um, I also had... I was somehow liked in high school, I don't know, a little bit, um, by older folks. It wasn't necessarily all my high school peers, um, but mainly older folks. And uh, the owner of uh, Dairy Queen reached out to me and was like, hey, like you seem like a pretty smart guy. You're a manager over there at McDonald's. Like, What can we do to improve Dairy Queen? And I was like, well, you got to improve the drive-thru. And the drive-thru is terrible. That's what I said. And along other things. But then he goes, you know, we had our, our student meal to you know, capture the high school students because we got to go away for lunch. For, you know, $3, a cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. You could get for 3 bucks if you were a student at the high school, at the Dairy Queen. And uh, McDonald's lowered theirs to two eighty nine. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, Chester. His name was Chester. That was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Because McDonald's was charging like three twenty for their double cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. And I said, look, if you want to compete with Dairy Queen over there, we got two eighty nine. That's get, awesome. Get people over and there. And they did it? And they did it. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's what competition does. And now, who does that benefit? All the consumers. You have two restaurants right next to each other competing for best prices to try to capture all the students coming to lunch from high school, and you're going to have a bidding war. And I think I don't think that Dairy Queen could lower their price anymore. I think they were, like, stuck. Otherwise, they were, like, basically going to lose money. But, um, yeah, two eighty nine for a meal as a high schooler, that's pretty good, even though it's a terrible meal for you, but 
it's still pretty good. But this kind of stuff is beautiful to me where all this competition, I know of another restaurant we like to go to it. It's called Jonathan's here on Tuesday. They do two for one all day long on Tuesday. So that's two for one on all the, all your beers. You get double pours on all your liquors, double pours on all your wines, and you get two for one pizzas all day on Tuesday. Now, why would a restaurant decide to do a two for one all day long on a Tuesday? Because if you look at the numbers, Tuesday's statistically the worst day for restaurants. No one goes out on Tuesday nights because they're at the club because the club goes up on the Tuesday. <laughs> and so they're not, they're not eating dinner. Yeah. And, they're at the club. And there's not much lunchtime business or anything. Tuesday is, t- is typically a slow business day in, uh, during rest for restaurants. But this restaurant particularly usually has a line out the door on Tuesdays because everyone's in there for the two for one. It's absolutely genius. These types of things benefit consumers. They help businesses. Everybody competes with one another. All the businesses that surround this restaurant now offer two-for-ones all the time on Tuesdays, especially. They're trying to compete with that, and it just gives a better deal to consumers. And this is the beauty of capitalism. It's just wonderful. Amazon decided one day, you know what? We should have a prime day in the slow months where there's not many people shopping like they used to. Let's pick the summertime. Oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden, everyone else has to follow suit because they're losing out on money to Amazon. This is a good example. We've talked about the statistic before with Walmart where they they did a study and they said the average family saves $2,000 to $2,500 a year, whether they shop at Walmart or not. And they save that money because Walmart's prices are so low that even the places that they shop, they have lower prices because they're trying to compete with Walmart. And so Walmart actually saved the average family like between two dollars and $3,000 a year. This is another good example of how Amazon is saving people money right now, even if you don't shop at Amazon. If you got something at Walmart or at Target or Best Buy or Bed Bath & Beyond, whatever it is that's also doing this at the same time, this is Amazon saving people money, and you don't even have to go to Amazon. That's a really cool thing about businesses competing with one another. I've told the story before, but there's this crappy gas station that's right next to my house, a real crappy gas station. And there's, there's not a lot of people out here on the road, although there's, there's more places being built and it's, uh, it's kind of growing really quickly. Well, they started building this uh, Exxon station across from it right now. This nice Exxon station is going to go over across from this, this crappy sit go that's over there. And then you can imagine the gas station. It's like a really old building. There's hardly anything in the convenience store part of it, you know. There's bars always, on the windows. There's bars on the windows, you know. They, in, and so as soon as they started building this gas station across the street from it, what do you think that gas station did? They had the whole place remodeled. They got new pumps. They had the whole building remodeled. They painted it. They actually have the convenience store stocked all the time now because now they have competition popping up across the road. And so that's why you got to do everything that you can to foster competition in the capitalist system. The government normally does the opposite thing. They do whatever they can to slow down competition for other people. And then, of course, the businesses, they buy politicians and they use the politicians to also hurt their competition. You know, they love the regulations because it makes it harder on smaller businesses. And so it is just good to see this obvious example of nice free market competition going on and saving a lot of people money. It's beautiful. It's Mm. a beautiful thing. And you know what, Jeff, you're right. Wednesday night is always ladies night. Now you probably can't tell if you're watching me on camera, but about 50 pounds ago and maybe 10 (laughs) years or so, 
Um, I was a bartender on Wednesday nights for ladies' nights and uh, always made good money. Yeah? Yeah. I feel like that doesn't have anything to do with what you weigh. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen huge people that were bartenders. I've seen skinny people that were bartenders. I mean, I feel like you're implying something else about the ladies and that night that you were working, mm. you know? No, I'm that just they, implying that... They enjoyed uh, looking at their bartender, and so you always got the work Wednesday Well, I don't nights, know if that's you know? the case. I, I just made decent drinks. I got you. That's okay. what it was. But now that you put on weight, <laughs> you can't make decent drinks. No, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't make yeah. them the it, same. I mean, in fact, I used to make them so good, I bet I looked better as the night went on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you anyway. Are, you are a dad, aren't you? Okay, article from Reason.com right here. Charlie, this is interesting. You would have never thought something like this would happen. How an equal pay law in Colorado is backfiring. I actually saw saw, uh, Fee have written the same thing. Someone over at Fee have written talking about the same thing. Um, But I saw this one on Reason today. So a new employee compensation bill in Colorado was supposed to help close the gender gaps in worker pay. But the so-called Equal Pay for Equal Work Act could be making it harder for Colorado residents, regardless of gender, to find jobs. And that would, yes, include the ladies who are going to the ladies' nights only because they can't afford the drinks other times because they can't get the jobs in Colorado. See, we tie all this stuff together. Yes, that's how it all works. The The, circle of life. The law, which passed in 2019 and took effect at the start of this year, ushered in a range of rules regarding employee compensation, including new procedures for adjudicating sex-based wage discrimination, whichever one, uh, discrimination complaints, and new record-keeping, notice, and transparency requirements. Among these are stipulation that employers must directly state a position's pay, benefits, and any bonuses, commissions, or any compensation. Furthermore, companies are barred from asking prospective hires about their salary histories. So thus, not only does the law open companies with Colorado workers up to new legal liabilities and administrative burdens, it also takes away some employer flexibility when it comes to attracting and setting pay for new hires. So understandably, some employers are opting out. Here are some words from from some job listings online. Here's one from Airbnb. This is a remote job, except that it is not eligible to be formed in Colorado. Here's one from Ally, uh, Ally Financial. This work is to be performed entirely outside of Colorado. Okay, here's one from Johnson & Johnson. Work location is flexible if approved by the company, except that the position may not be performed remotely in Colorado. (laughs) Pretty crazy. Century 21, Cigna, Drizzly, Eventbrite, GoDaddy, Hilton, IBM, Nike, and the PETA Foundation, Samsung, and a number of other big companies have posted similar notices. The quote right here from the Wall Street Journal, while labor and legal experts say there is nothing technically stopping Coloradans from still applying and being eligible for such jobs, the disclaimers are likely to discourage people wanting to work remotely from the state and pursuing such opportunities. Mm. This situation provides a perfect example of how government meddling can backfire. Measures sold as easy fixes to social problems, economic discrepancies, or other situations where central planners think it would be better if they, not employers, get to call the shots, can end up leading to unintended consequences that set back the very folks they sought to help. Mm. You, You don't say, Charlie. There's just no way that this could have ever happened. Long-haired hippie boy need not apply. Do not apply. That's what yeah. the sign says. You Science can't do says. it. Okay. Where is the sign? Yeah, I know. Uh, that it's band. Gun up called, the scenery. They're from uh, uh, Colorado. Tesla is the name of that band. Actually, That's right. now that I think yeah, about that it, is true. pretty sure. 
anyway, what do you, I mean, what do you think about this kind of thing, man? I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. and, and I find it very interesting that some of these big companies that push for progressive mm-hmm, ideas, mm-hmm. that's also interesting. That's uh, Hilton, Nike, PETA foundation, <laughs> PETA, Samsung, <laughs> evil Japanese, obviously there's a bunch of, just a bunch of bigots. It's a bunch of bigoted companies. And GoDaddy's been pretty woke too, and they're on the list of not wanting to hire people in Colorado. Yeah. Because they don't want to have to deal with the gender discrimination laws that Colorado has. Isn't that special? It, it's, That's crazy. It's not surprising. And, and, you know, as I always say, the chickens are, are finding their rooster hens houses. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's, you couldn't have said it any better than that it's right there, man. Coming around the bend. Yeah, that's deep. It's compelling and, and rich. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but this is what happens. I mean, you think that you're just going to pass a law and then, oh, we're just, everyone's going to be paid the same. But people can just not have their businesses located there mm-hmm. or they can not hire people that are there. And now your law doesn't matter except for the fact that it could actually create less jobs for people. And then everyone's hurt, actually, but at least they're hurt equally. You know? That's right. That's the goal. It's like the, um, you know, it's like the law that, or the regulation they passed on healthcare companies and hospitals having to provide their charge masters. Like, you know what they do, by the way, everyone just put something on their, on their online that's that you can download the CSV file of their charge master. Now you have no idea what charge code you're looking for. No one has any idea. Most people aren't going to ask, but the hospitals, they're, you know, they're, they're complying with the regulation and it doesn't matter. And that's what, exactly what's happening here. It's like, okay, hey, we want everybody to work for us unless you live in Colorado. It has to be performed entirely outside of Colorado, which means you can't even go vacation there and work if you're working remotely, which is nice to do, by the way. If, you, if you're able to work remotely, you can always travel and work, and that's, that's a great thing. But uh, not to Colorado. Not anymore. I was looking at some really important data right here, and I do see that Tesla actually covered that song. It was not an original, it was not an original by them. And so that was uh, recovered and recorded live by Tesla. And so that's a, okay. Was was Bob Dylan the original? I know that. I didn't see whether or not Bob Dylan was the original yet. I was trying to look that up real quick. Because I don't want to, we don't want to give, you know, fake information here. We want to know what the actual information is. Well, do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? Let me see if it's him. Bobby oh, man, Dylan. I haven't seen it yet. The, the luscious Bobby Dylan. <laughs> I haven't seen anything from signs. Uh, called, I don't know. We're going to have to keep digging into this, and we might have to print a retraction. I don't know. We'll see. We'll they see were, who it is. They were touching you, Jenny. S- someone figured out. <laughs> a lot of people trying to touch me for us. <laughs> someone figure out who uh, originally did the song Signs, if you want to do that, if it wasn't uh, Tesla, because I need to know. All right? This is important. All right, Charlie, you got the next one. This was going to be a dumb bleep, but we have so many dumb bleeps. All it's Tuesday. I've already got too many dumb bleeps for on Friday a Tuesday. on a Tuesday. Okay, dumb bleep goes up on a Tuesday. And man. so I figure we're going to have to trickle in. So what you're saying is dumb bleep is going to be lit it's on gonna, Friday. Going to be crazy, man. <laughs> and uh, and so this one would have been something for Dumbly, but I thought maybe we could just talk about it instead in a normal fashion. All right, this coming from thepostmillennial.com. It's probably a great website. There's actually um, some pretty good stories on there, but they're, okay. they're, they're definitely more right-side bias from what I can tell. 
Seattle Pride charges white people reparations fee while BIPOC attend for free. Mm. So a new Pride event is happening in Seattle this month specifically for BIPOC people. Promotional material for the event called Talking Taking BL Ack Pride, Black Pride, states that while the event will be free for people of color, white people will be charged a ten to fifty dollar reparations fee. How do they determine whether or not you pay ten, 10 or to 50? fifty? So like your age or something? Uh, but I guess on how white you look. <laughs> the whiter you are, yeah. the more expensive it is. Blonde I guess. hair, blue eyes, white. <laughs> you're paying the most. You're paying the most. What is B I P O C? Do they spell that out? Did they actually rescind the fee? I was looking at this earlier, and I saw that they had there had been some people uh, raising a fuss about it because it was at a public park. Uh, but the last thing I read on it said it hadn't been uh, fixed yet. So maybe this fee has been maybe they've taken away the fee now. They might have solved this, but let's talk about the idea and what it does for our society. And anyway, okay, it says quote, um, and they yell at you, and they this. are yelling. Yeah, yeah. All are free to attend. However, this is a yelling now. This is all caps. I'm not saying it's cap. It might be cap. It's not no cap. But this is typed out in all caps. This is a black and brown, queer, trans-centered, prioritized, valued event. The material's read. Quote, white allies and accomplices are welcome. White? <laughs> Allies and accomplices. Accomplices are welcome to attend, but we but will be charged a ten dollar to fifty dollar reparations fee that will be used to keep this event free of cost for Black and Brown, trans and queer community. This is oh God. They don't even know what they're doing here. The irony I, is just unbelievable. I don't think it. I don't think Ca- it matters. The irony. I. I, I mean, it's. It's what these specific people want. They want the segregation. Only yeah. it, it's we saw that. You remember when they were doing the when the protests were going on over the summer, and they had this like only people of color could be in this specific area. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. Capitol Hill Pride, which is hosting a Pride March and rally over the same weekend, took issue with the taking. So the L is in parentheses okay. because it's supposed taking to be taking back, back pride, pride, but it's taking black. Pride. fee structure and made a compl- uh, complaint to the city of Seattle Human Rights Commission. That complaint was denied. Capitol Pride sent a letter addressed to the city of Seattle calling out the reparations payment for white people and not for the people of color as reverse racism. Quote, it has come to our attention that the event called Taking Back, Back Black Pride at the Jimi Hendrix Public Park June 26th is charging whites only admission as reparations. We consider this reverse discrimination in its worst form and we feel we are being attacked for not supporting due to disparaging and hostile emails. The letter reads. Now, by the way, because they said that, this is Capitol Hill Pride that sent that to the uh, Seattle, what was it, Human Rights or whatever. Seattle, City of Seattle Human Rights Commission. And so now the president of the city council said that uh, she's not going to the Capitol Hill Pride parade or whatever it is because... Uh, they said this, that, that, that they didn't agree with what, with what these people were doing. The Seattle Human Rights Commission wrote, quote, we would like to urge you to examine the very real social dynamics and ramifications of this issue. Black, trans, and queer peoples are among the most marginalized and persecuted peoples within the LGBTQIA2S plus community. That, wow, they've got more now. Hang on. They put a number in there. Hang on. Yeah, there's a two now. Hang on. 
We would like to urge you to this, by the way, this is human rights against a margin. They're writing the letter back to the marginalized group already. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if you guys can keep this straight. Who knew this was going to happen? No, there's no way. There's no way this could have been predicted. The Seattle Human Rights Commission wrote, we would like to urge you, listen carefully, to examine the very real social dynamics and ramifications of this issue. Black trans and queer peoples are among the most marginalized and persecuted peoples within the, see if you guys remember all these, because if not, then you're going to be a, a bigot. We don't want you on the show. LGBTQIA2S plus community. <laughs> all right. No. Quote, they often face shame, not only from cis hetero heteronormative community, but within the queer community at large as well. So not only, so remember, we have, we to, have, have to find our, the, we have to have the most, the, exactly. The most victimized. That's victimized. why I decided to actually put this in here. Cause I was like, ah, oh, this, you know, yeah, people do dumb stuff. But the way that they're doing their pyramid of oppression or their pyramid of oppressed is crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's not only do we uh, face shame from cis heteronormative, but we also feel shame from the rest of the queer community at large. So we're even more oppressed. Okay, now your people inside the queer community are oppressing us right now. <laughs> what the, what's going on? The left is going to destroy itself, man. I don't think we have we anything we, to worry about. We don't have to do anything, no, actually. It's just going to self-destruct. In, the, in making the event free for the black queer community, the organizers, they just said queer. That's how disrespectful of them not to include everybody. They didn't, wait, they making, didn't put all the letters? No, they said in making the event free for the black queer community, the organizers of this event are extending a courtesy so rarely extended by providing a free and safe space to express joy, share story, and be in community. It read, the letter suggested that the organizers of the Capitol Hill Pride just weren't educated enough <laughs> on LGBTQ uh, IAS2 plus, plus community uh, issues for people of color and indicated that the Pride wasn't, event wasn't intended for the enjoyment of the Capitol Hill Pride. The letter suggested that the organizers of a gay Pride event, yeah, they just weren't educated enough. Deplorables. They have is what this, they were. This oppressive organization <laughs> that represents LGBTQ. They only represent LGBTQ, I guess. That's why. They, yeah, so don't. this oppressive organization doesn't. They're not educated on what's facing wow. the LGBTQIA2S plus community, specifically for Black and Brown people. My head hurts. Yeah. My my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. This is gold. Doesn't the this is so good. What does the plus stand for, by the way? Doesn't it? How do you not know? I know. Well, I'm obviously. A you mean bigot, the plus plus? There's two of them. <laughs> How would you not know that? Doesn't does the plus? Doesn't it mean like more letters? And so what I'm wondering is why you keep adding more letters and put plus also at the same time. Like, why not? Why don't we just put, if there's more letters, why don't we just put all of them in there? Well, clearly you're know. not educated enough. Why so are, I, don't, I can't have this conversation with you. Why are some of the letters important enough to be put into the thing, but the if other ones just get a plus? If you're dumb enough to ask that question, that's your fault. <laughs> this is how people argue with you, by the way. You're like, if you ask a similar question, like, hey, I don't even know what that means. How dare you not know what that means, you ignorant fool? 
Oh. Okay. Um, you guys see why this was going to be on Friday's episode? <laughs> and if is... you can imagine, this one didn't make the cut. That's very surprising. It is. Yeah. This is gold. This is so good. <laughs> this, so it's, you can't even make this stuff up. I need to write a book about this. This, 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 isn't, great. this isn't good, by the way, just to wrap this right. up. Like, this is not a good thing. Now, I kind of think that uh, now this is at a public park, okay? And so the public, you know, when everyone owns something, no one owns something. And the, the public has a right to go to the park, okay? And so I do believe that they're not going to be able to... <laughs> nice, Maurice. I do believe that they're not going to be able to do this, okay? Um, but this really shows you what the thinking is. And it's this weird, this weird time where we've gone back to where segregation is a good thing. And even if it's people who align with you on this one thing, like you, like you both happen, you're both gay, okay? But one of you is white, all right? So this person needs to pay a reparations thing because while they are gay, they're also white. And so they've obviously been more oppressive or they haven't been as oppressed as you have because you're gay and you're black. And so this oppressor over here, this gay white oppressor over here, they need to pay a fee to get into it. And actually what we, what we want to do is actually stop them from even coming around these evil gay white oppressors <laughs> that, that don't need to come. And it's, this, this ends up fractionating all the way down to the only LGBTQIA2S plus person that has no arms or legs and is deaf, mute, and blind and can't say anything, uh, can't hear anything, can't do anything like that. And then it's only got a day to live. Because the cancer eating away at their organs like an unstoppable rebel force. Okay, <laughs> so you sound like Danny McBride. No, that's a, so. And meet the parents during his. Oh, uh, yeah, he yeah. he does the poem while the cancer was eating away at your organs like an unstoppable rebel force. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is just not a good thing, and you see how these movements eventually fractionate down, and they end up destroying each other because there's only one person who's the most oppressed person. And everyone else that is not them is an oppressor to mm -hmm. that person. And That's this right. will continue fractionating down all the way to that person as more time goes on. So I think that maybe we don't have to worry so much about what the left is going to do uh, because they will self-destruct eventually. And I think Trickle D's got it right. She says, uh, oppression totem pole. And I, I want to make clear, too, that, that like as libertarians and liberty people, there's nothing wrong if you are LGBTQIA2S+. Yeah. Like that we're not making fun of anybody who's who's uh identifies that way. But we're what we're making fun of is the fact that the the extreme left, that's where this typically comes from because it's not like there aren't gay people on the right. There certainly are. Um but th what happens is is the very problem that we're pointing out is that you start <coughs> eating your own uh because this is what you have to do. You have to find the most oppressed group out there. The most, the smallest, most oppressed group out there, and they get everything. And if you're above that level, well, then you got to pay reparations. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if your father beat you because you were gay, you're white still. So it doesn't matter what you went through in your life. And you grew up in a trailer park and. Yeah, none know, of that matters. Yeah, none of that matters. You're white. So now you have to pay <clears> reparations. <throat> that's the problem here. <laughs> and that's, that's what's so ridiculous, which is why. The level of the individual, which is what we talk about all the time, is the only way that you can cooperate in a society. This whole group identity nonsense has to stop. 
has to stop, or we're going to see some real issues here. Hey, woman, brother. Woo! <laughs> okay, from, from fee.org. <clears throat> I got something in my throat. Mm. <clears throat> That's the Holy Spirit coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Holy Spirit. Georgia Public School Board blocks charter school due to competition. <laughs> This is one, this a dumb bleep This episode? one wasn't even in the running for dumb bleep this, this because is... of how dumb things have been this week. No. So Georgia Public School Board blocks a charter school because they're going to be competition. Isn't that the whole point? For them. It would be the point. But when you have a monopoly on something, then you're going to worry about your competition. That's right. You're going to tie this into our monopoly conversation okay. earlier. After raising enough money to purchase 40 acres of land, King Randall... First name is King. King Randall seemed poised to realize his dream. Randall, a 21-year-old Christian and Marine veteran, he's a, uh, from Albany, Georgia, felt called to start the X for Boys, is what it's called, a program dedicated to addressing the problems facing black boys in his community. His projects include teaching at-risk youth vocational job skills, giving proper education, and rescuing from unsafe environments. Many of the children in his custody are fresh out of abusive homes, homelessness, and or juvenile detention centers. To expand his operation, Randall set his eyes on purchasing a defunct school building in Dotry County to turn into a private boarding school for the children in the organization's care. Ter shut it down. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Terrible, terrible idea. Shut it down. Yeah. Quote, says, our communities are being plagued by death. Our young men are falling by the wayside. They're becoming dead mentally, and a lot of them physically, says Randall. They're becoming a modern-day Lazarus. But as one scripture says, it took one man to stand up and say, Lazarus, come forth. Quote, end quote, right there. Yeah. Randall's plans, however, hit a sudden snag. What was the snag? He didn't have the funding. The kids didn't want to go to the school. The parents didn't like it. The test scores for the kids were terrible. Nope, it was the government. <laughs> That's what it was. After negotiating with the public school board to buy the building for $500,000. It's probably restrictive. Restrictive. Yep. A school board to buy the building for half a million dollars, which is a steep price to pay for a building that was scheduled for demolition. They were going to be demolishing it. And the school, this is the government working, by the way. And this is how much they want to protect their monopoly. They were about to demolish this old school building. And this is how you know they're working off of other people's money. Because this guy wants to give them half a million dollars. And this is a building that was scheduled for demolition. And they're like, eh, I don't know. Let's see. I don't really care. Yeah. That's because you got other people's money to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Randall received a, a contract with a stipulation that he must use the public school curriculum instead of his own. Mm. Last month, Randall claimed that the <clears throat> Dougherty or something like that county school system. Daughtry. Daughtry? Oh, da no, there's the R is before the T. Daughtery. Daughtery? Dotery. Dotery. I don't, who knows anymore? The DCSS <laughs> refused to donate or sell the abandoned building with no curriculum requirements attached to the extra boys due to competition. So they actually they, cited competition. They know that the guy's going to come in and do a pretty good job with the students, and they're severely worried about that. So what they said to kind of slow him down was, you can do the school, but you have to teach exactly how we teach, or we're not going to allow you to buy the building. Okay? And that's how, and now he doesn't want to do it, obviously. 
Randall alleged that the board administrator told him that his organization is seen as competition, which is, which is why he was against simply donating the school building. The public schools are ranked in the bottom 50% of all 212 school districts in the state of Georgia, based off the 2017-2018 math and reading proficiency data. The X for Boys, on the other hand, is demonstrating the great impact that the organization's had on the lives it's already touched. Randall points out those who go through the program have an 86% reading comprehension rate, a 91% improvement in grades, an 82% proficiency in general contracting, and a stunning 0% rate in criminal recidivism, because some of them are people who have gone to juvie. What accounts for those results? This is a good thing right here. The philosophy of the program is do for self. That is the philosophy of the program. Selfishness? Wait, I don't know. Take care of yourself. The catchphrase Randall instills in his kids emphasizes personal responsibility and using the free market to get ahead in life without relying on politicians or government. Oh, no. We have to stop this. This must be stopped. And apparently for some, fighting back against the competition that private alternative would provide the public education is more important than the student achievement and turning around the lives of at-risk boys. And then a little note on the education monopoly here. The outrage is a perfect example of how the public school system is a state monopoly in education. Remember we were talking about those not monopolies earlier because they're Mm -hmm. all competing with each other and they're not stopping each other from competing? This actually is a monopoly right here. Instead of rising to the challenge of able competitors, state monopolies simply ban the competition or cripple them with regulations. Like how the school system is crippling the extra boys by requiring them to adopt the state's own failed curriculum. Ugh. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That makes me sad. This is restrictive. It is. This is actually restrictive. Yes. And it, <clears throat> this is so terrible because somebody who's trying to do a really good thing being shut down because they don't want to be outed for their... For their Failure. Failures. Yeah. It's horrible failures. Absolutely disgusting failures. And they want to hold on to their jobs. It's, it's amazing to me. You guys can go to um, openthebooks.com or openthebooks.org. I don't remember which one it is. I think it's .com. But they have like all the salaries of all the publicly listed people. They're like, they're Nashville public or Davidson County public school administrators making like four or 500 grand a year. Mm. It just, it, it makes me want to th- like literally throw up in my mouth. Um, and then spit it at them. That's, that's what <laughs> that's I want. That's gross. That's what I want to do. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just saying that's, that's if pretty I could bad. think of something in my head that would be really disgusting. That was one of them. That's one of them. But, but to, to, to go into public service, by the way, as a it's public, public service as a public educator yeah. and, and pull in half a mil a year. I mean, that's just insanity to me. And that's because they don't care. They don't actually don't care about your kid's education. They care about holding on to their monopoly. And I feel, I feel sad. What's the, what's the uh, prognosis for this? Is he going to win this case or something? What's, what's going on? I'm not really sure what they're going to, what he's going to do to be able to do this. I mean, I guess the school. It sounded like he was challenging it, but I, the I form- guess he has to go against the board. And yeah, the former school, the, the, the school that was there, they still own the ground and they own the building. So I guess they can stipulate whatever they want for the person who's going to buy it, uh, apparently. You know, I would I would suggest the local people there should also want this. That if your government who uses your money to do everything has an offer for half a million for a building that they were about to tear down, then maybe they should take that money. I don't know. They could raise the uh, they could raise the superintendent's salary with that money right there. Whoever you lives know? in Georgia definitely needs to um, be part of this uh, school board election. Yeah, this is like this, this is, is something local that you can take care of. Mm-hmm. 
this is actually a guy taking his money and his time and solving a problem or trying to solve a problem. He's been doing it for some kids. Now he wants to open up a whole school and expand. And this is what we actually need around the country. And it sounds like what he's doing, the values that he's trying to instill in the people that are going to the school are very important. And this is actually someone taking their investment and trying to solve this problem. And what do you know? The actual government comes in and they say, you're going to be competition with us and we can set the rules on what you're going to teach. And we know you're not going to like that. So in turn, we're basically blocking you from actually buying the building. So I am interested in seeing what, what ends up happening. All right. We got one more thing here, Charlie, and this is confusing based on what we talked about yesterday, but I saw this right after the podcast. And don't worry, I read the whole study to figure out what the heck they were talking about, but All right. I need you to tell everyone about this. This is coming from The Hill. New study finds having COVID-19 once doesn't protect you against getting it again. Wait, so they're saying having COVID-19 doesn't protect you from getting it again. That's what the headline says. Yeah. Previous What's... infection does not necessarily protect you from getting COVID-19 again. Now, hold on. Re- can you read the title of the, uh, of the article and then read the first line one more time? New study finds having COVID-19 once doesn't protect you against getting it again. Okay. Previous infection does not necessarily protect you from getting COVID-19 again. Now, there's kind of some different wording happening right there. As most cities reopen or lift coronavirus restrictions, some people are choosing to ignore safety protocols. However, researchers at Oxford University are urging those to seek protection, specifically those who have had COVID-19 and think they cannot get it again. With new variants of the disease, scientists at the UK Coronavirus Immunology Consortium. 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 Wow, they have a whole... The UK Coronavirus Immunology Consortium say people should still wear a mask and get vaccinated. Quote, if you look at the trajectory of the immune response after infection, mostly it is still detectable six months later but is highly variable between people. Um, This person said she's high up at a um, Oxford's new field department medicine between April and June, 2020, 78 healthcare workers who had the coronavirus with or without symptoms had their blood analyzed for up to six months post-infection people with weak immune system uh, with weak immune responses had no detectable antibodies. The researchers found that more than 90% of those who had asymptomatic infections had no measurable immune responses six months later. Most of those with symptomatic disease had a measurable immune uh, response six months later, but more than a quarter did not. And actually, that's that's one scary thing that actually makes this seem man-made as well, because you don't... Typically, your antibodies don't disappear, by the way. They don't go away. Yeah. So... Now, now just keep in mind the point, the reason you're reading this is one thing. The title says... Having COVID-19 does not protect you. The very next line says having COVID-19 does not necessarily protect you. Mm -hmm. And then they end up saying that actually a pretty large percentage of the people have protection for six months later. And then they just end up saying, well, actually, I mean, it does protect you, but it doesn't protect you against variants of concern as much. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's, yeah, that's what it says here. In our view, previous infection does not necessarily protect you long-term from SARS-CoV-2, particularly Variants of concern. You shouldn't depend on it to protect you from subsequent disease. uh, You should be vaccinated. The research is posted to a preprint server and has yet to be peer reviewed. 
And also this is only 78 people, but, but I think that one thing is weird. Typically with disease, you don't see disappearing antibodies and they are the reason why, so that that world health organization thing that we found, the reason why it says seven months is because after six months, people are starting to lose antibody counts. Yeah. That's very strange. It doesn't Mm. happen by the way. Like when your body develops antibodies, you keep those things. That's why you don't get the chicken pox again. Yeah, but um, most people do. Having protection for seven months is much different from if you had it, you don't have any protection. Right. That's right. That's that's very, very different. And if I could be disappointed in the hill, I would be for the title because the the first line of the article disproves the title when they say it doesn't necessarily protect you from getting COVID-19. Why can't you be disappointed? The title said, well, because I'm already too disappointed. Okay. So I can't be any more. Yeah. It's not, it wouldn't be impossibly more disappointed. Your disappointed bucket for the hill is already at the top. It's full. It's overflowing. With most news organizations, it's overflowing with disappointment, you know? So you don't have any disappointment left to give. So I read the study today, by the way, when you were wondering like what the heck I was doing. It was about a 50 page study. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap in there. So one thing that was really interesting is they talked about this, there's variance. So after six months, um, there's wide variance between whether or not people have protection or whether or not they don't and how strong the protection is and how strong it isn't. It's really interesting. The study that they did to figure out how much the variance was, they took the original 78 people, which were mostly people who had had a strong infection that they had very strong symptoms for. And then they had some people who didn't have any symptoms. But then when they went to check the six months later and see how much variance there was between the protection, it was heavily weighted 90% with people who had asymptomatic infection. And only 10 of the people in the final study actually had strong infection. (laughs) And so it was really interesting the way that they decided to do that there at the end of it. The old switcheroo. Yeah, the the old switcheroni right there. And there is plenty of evidence to suggest, remember, the paper itself and the study itself says nothing about the fact that if you had COVID, you're not protected from COVID. The question is, how long would you be protected and how strong would that end up lasting over a certain amount of time? I was really, really pissed off by the article title, which says that you, you have no protection if you had COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the more, it's a blatant lie in the title of the article. So you should always read the article, which says you have protection for six months inside the article that says you get no protection from mm-hmm. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I hate it when people do this. It's, it's maddening, but not surprising. It, it, it sure as heck ain't, man. All right, be done. <laughs> After this, I think COVID's over, guys. I, I just don't, uh, I don't see it around anymore. No, it's gone. It's gone. It's not here anymore. So anyway, if y'all enjoyed today's show, which I know that you did, then you should hit that subscribe or follow button as Nate instructed you to do at the very beginning. And if you haven't done so already, then shame, shame on you. That's what I have to say for that. And I'm, I'm almost running out of shame. So you may not get any more shame from me. And, uh, that's, that's all I really have to say about that. So better hit that subscribe button, folks. Go to patreon.com slash Liberty to join the live show. Be part of this uh, Friday. We do dumb bleep every single Friday of the week when we want to. And so if you want to get in on the voting action, patreon.com slash Liberty. It's only five bucks a month, folks. It's basically nothing. And you can support Liberty with your money and your mouth. That's, that's what I always say. And a free way to support us is by sharing the show with a friend, with a family member, with a spouse, with your house. And with a mouse. All of those things. In that order, too. In that order. Yeah. 
And if you all do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.